The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7 it says, Write to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Thus says the Holy One, the true one, the one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will close, and who closes and no one opens. I know your works. Look, I have placed before you an open door that no one can close because you have little power. Yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. Note this. I will make those from the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews and are not but are lying. I will make them come and bow down at your feet and they will know that I have loved you, my church. Because you have kept my command to endure, I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is going to come on the whole world to test those who live on the, what's it say? Earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. The one who conquers, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God and he will never go out again. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. Let anyone, church, who has ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit says to us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the beauty of today, the changing of seasons. I pray for protection in such a season. I thank you for the joy to live in such truly a beautiful, wondrous place. I thank you for the way this church family has loved and supported my family. We pray for the bright days ahead and we pray, Lord Jesus, for open doors. And it is in the name of the Sovereign King, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So going back up and going through, I want you to see first the powerful preface. So anytime he's written to any of these churches, and what's odd, uh, maybe not odd, maybe it's just the situation of humanity. It's our condition that we are naturally rebellious. Right, We are inherently evil. How many of you have ever smashed your finger with a hammer and sang out Amazing Grace? Right? I mean, it, it just, you know, that first thing that comes to mind is that evil that, that is entwined in our DNA. Now, we've been born again, and that process, while it happens in a moment for eternity, the process of sanctification takes a little while. Matter of fact, it takes your lifetime. And so the passage this morning, it begins with this familiar, this powerful preface, again, of the Lord reminding the church who He is. Do you know how often we forget who He is? Last week we talked about some things, but every time you're unkind, you forget who He is. Every time you're greedy or impatient, you forget who He is. 
Every time we do not love our spouse or put ourselves aside for their benefit or well-being, we forget who Jesus is. Friend, He knows we forget. And so to each of the churches, one thing, the, the most common thread is Him reminding His churches of who He is. So church, whatever the the future ahead of us holds, we can accomplish many things and we can fail at many things. But the one thing that we must do is never ever forget who Jesus Christ is. See, He's your Savior, right church? Is He your Redeemer? Is He your peace in times of turmoil? Oh, is he your healer in times of pain, damage, and distraught? Is he your healer? Well, friend, we don't have near as many problems as we think we do, do we? If you remember who Jesus is. Hey, you got a pen and paper? I won't tell you all my problems. (laughs) Friend, I don't have near the problems I thought I did and do when I remember who Jesus is. Preacher, you don't understand my situation. I got money problems. <laughs> Actually, you don't. You might have faithfulness problems, but you ain't got money problems. Because the scripture says he feeds the what? That, that was my sparrow, just in case you were wondering. Um, yeah. yeah. He feeds the sparrow, so when I remember who my Jesus is, I ain't got no money problem. May have a management problem. He's going to feed me. Preacher, I got marriage problems. Well, husbands, if you love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, I'm going to tell you first and foremost, a lot of your issues are going to go away. Women, I, I don't correct women, so I'll let the conference next Saturday do that for you. You see, when you remember, when you remember who Jesus is, You just ain't got near the problems. And if you teach English, I did say ain't. And that's the truest word I've ever said. You ain't got no. Number one, we see the powerful preface and then we need to move on. Write to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Thus says the Holy One, the true one. The one who speaks nothing but truth, who does not move in those feet of bronze, and the one who has the key of David, who opens it what no one can close, and closes what no one can open. Now what that's a reference to is the lineage of King David in the prophecy of Jesus Christ. That's the spiritual symbolism there. But the physical is that all of the kings had a key to the treasure of the kings, and that key was passed on from king to king. And so with Jesus Christ in the line and lineage of David, he holds the keys to the treasure of the king. And so when he says, listen church, I think you're forgetting again who I am because I'm sovereign. I'm omnipotent. I'm omnipresent. I'm all-knowing. We're about to handle some issues. 
that you seem to have forgotten as well. But I've got the keys to the kingdom. And when someone cries out in the name of the Lord for salvation, they mine and nobody can take them. Because I got the keys to the treasure. You ever watch Storage Wars? Not that I'm encouraging it. They use bad words on occasion. It's Jeanette's favorite show. <laughs> what I liked in it, whenever they found a, you know, a safe. And they had beat and bang on that thing. Boy, they'd get them chisels and jackhammers. and Just the anticipation of what's in that thing. Oh, what is in the treasures of heaven that we have yet to see? Jesus is saying, church, remember, I got the key. You know what else that means? If he's got the key, you can't get there nowhere else. No way else. Through no one else. There's only one name under heaven among men by which we must be saved. And that's that sweet name of who? Jesus. All right, we see the preface. We got to move super faster. The key of David opens, verse 8. He said, I know your works. Again, this, this has been repetitive. Church, he knows our works. He knows exactly what we have done individually and corporately to directly fulfill the Great Commission in our neighborhoods, in our homes, and in our community. I fear he is paying mind to what little we are doing, not the extent of what we are doing. And so that's part of our meeting today. You may have never done this before. And I hope in our time together you can say that a thousand more times. Look what he says. You see, there's a powerful preface. There's also a predestined potential. Look at eight. I know your works, church. I know what you've done. I know what you've done. But then he says, look. If it was Cajun, he'd say, come see. Right? I'm, I'm learning this stuff. It's not easy. All right? I could speak language better with the fair dwellers yesterday than I can talk to most people in the supermarket. Them's my people. I should have been in a fair. He says, I know you works, church. But he says, hey, 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 look. Look, I have placed before you a what? Open door. Do you know what open door means? You ever, anybody ever, everyone's in anybody's house. And back where I'm from, we give tours, right? Now, it's not to be braggadocious in any form. It's just to show people what you have. But there's always that one room, right? You got you a junk room. You know it. And when someone comes over, you just skip that door and you say, you don't want to go in there. How about you always wondering as a visitor, wondering what's in there? Want, right? So, so he says, there's an open door. 
And what's behind this door, you've never seen before. It's something new and it's something different. How many of you have ever prayed in your life for there to be a change? Show me in. Right? It is rare that we say, Lord, I believe this is the best moment I could ever possibly live, so I pray that nothing ever gets better. He's saying, church, this is a church that has really not done anything out of line. Church, I know what you've done. And so they were the gateway to the Acropolises, which is the populace at this time. So this church served as the gateway for the gospel to the masses. And he says, look, church, I, I know you're willing. I know you've tried. But look, look, look. You know what that also we need to assume? Our problems have already been taken care of. Because he says, look. He didn't say, wait a minute, did he? He said, look, it's already done. So he says, church, look. Look at this. I have placed before you an open door. Now, for all of us, that can mean something different. But the idea is that whatever the obstacle, whatever the opposition, the answer is Jesus. No matter how impossible or improbable you can imagine your situation to be, he's already overcome it. And so the church, he says, he even points out, now all this, when I say predestined, I'm not referencing your salvation, but he has predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. So he is sovereign and he's saying, church, I've got things for you to do. And you say, Here's your answer. He says, before you open the door, you close because you have but little strength, power. So what do we always do when the Lord asks us to do something? Somebody at church asks us to do something. Shucks. I just don't know if I can. I would tell you if a door opens for you, you better run through that thing and burn a hole in the air getting through it. Now, you can force things in your life. You can try to fix a lot of things. But have you ever noticed when you try to fix something, it normally breaks it? I'm not a mechanic. But I've done a lot of mechanic in my life. And it normally leads to the employment of someone else. <laughs> but you got to try, right? I mean, every redneck Cajun has to try. I mean, you got to give it a good going. Well, I guess the best way to explain this is I've done a lot of pretty good going on my own in my life. And it led me to some messes I didn't ever want to have anything to do with. And then guess who got involved? Yeah. 
And he says, look, church, the open door represents his sovereignty in his provision and protection of your life. If you've had an issue and there's an open door, son, don't, daughter, don't, don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. But I'm going to need us to do things a little differently. I opened this door because I, I've already predestined your process of sanctification to cause you to look, act, sound, and have the same emotion, heart, and passion, compassion, and generosity of that of Jesus Christ. So now you go through that door. The game changes. Because I opened this door for your good, and I don't want you going through that door for my design good, and then us end up right back where we're at. So, instead of you trying to fix everything again, guys, how many of you have ever had a disagreement with your wife? Now, about 99% of the time, you don't know what it was about, right? You don't even know why she's upset. If God made us any dumber as men. So, but you, you notice when she's upset, right? It's palatable. So what do you, what do, you do? Hey, sweetie, what you doing? Right, you ease into it, right? You, kinda, you ever seen a badger? Honey badger, they bad news. If you're going to go pet one, you better start off real slow. I had a baby raccoon when I was little. Now this is Cajun. So I raised that little dude, and we're going to go over a little bit. It's okay. Y'all going to spend, you're not having church tonight, so that's fair. So I raised this little baby. And man, he, when you raise him, they get big. I mean, his teeth kept growing. They were hanging below his jaw. And we called him Cooney. All right, that was his creative name. I mean, what else do you call a raccoon? And Grandpa built him a little doghouse that we put up a tree, and that's where he had spent most of his time. But when a, fr- a stranger came over, woo, you have no idea how mean one of these things can be. He'd get on all fours, and he'd bounce around and growl and snort and hiss and the hair on his back. I just knew he was just putting on a show. So i just walk up and grab him and <laughs> skin his old noggin. He'd go... <laughs> He wasn't going to hurt nobody, but you got to put on a show. So guys, that's what we test. Is she putting on the show or is she really upset? But then you try to think, and this is when I go away, I'm like, boy, I should have done that differently. And then I turn right around and I go in with the intention to apologize. And somehow, somewhere, that apology doesn't come out. And I walk back in worse shape. And so the Lord's saying, I got you an open door, son, daughter. Now you've been trying to fix all this, and you're of little strength. You're of little power. 
So why don't we make this agreement? I'll keep the door open. You keep your eyes on me. Don't take your eyes off of me. And let's keep going, he says. So there's this predestined potential for every facet of your life. And if you're not happy in some area, the answer, if you're married, is not with someone else. Do you understand? Say amen. All right, that's not how it works. If you made a commitment to a man or woman you're married to right now, I'll do everything and I can, I can to help you. But if you mess this one up, friend, no guarantees. Let's keep going. God's grace is sufficient. I've seen him perform absolute miracles in the lives of his people. But friend, walk differently. He says, you got a little power, but yet you've kept my word and you've not denied my name. So here's the powerful protection. I will make those that are your opposition I will make them come and bow at your feet. I'd get my life right with the Lord if, when. He says, I can open doors that no one else can open. I got the keys. I got the keys. I can close doors no one else can close. But you've kept my word. You've tried to honor me, so I'm going to protect you. But your problem, church, well, we, the church would be doing so much better today if we didn't have the opposition of the world. They had it too. Did you just see that? The synagogue of Satan. So now, no, 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 no. All we got to do is walk through every door the Lord opens. Let's go. But they're lying, I will make them come about your feet. Verse, verse number 10. Because you have kept my commands to endure, I will also keep you from the hour of testing. Okay. Some, most, if you're pre-trib, this is probably one of the biggest supporting verses for the church being raptured before the tribulation. Because it says the hour of testing that will come upon the whole earth, I will deliver you, my church, my people from. If it's not the seven-year tribulation, I don't know what it would be from an interpretation standpoint. So then here's where I want us to finish. Let's go on to verse 12. He says... Wait, wait, I want to go, sorry, 11 first. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. I used to race. Just kidding. I wouldn't run for nothing. I went and tried out for track one time. Why would anyone do that? There was no way. I'm going to run for fun. So what this is referring to is Paul says to run, the, run your Christian life as if to win the prize. So he's saying, church, you've done really, really well. Now here's what I, I, want, I want you to stay. I want you to stay doing well so that no one takes your prize. The prize is not salvation. 
right? The prize is, is sharing in his glory and eternity and the rewards therein. But he does say, give it effort. Don't, don't do some lackadaisical living and call it for the cause of Christ. He said, no, I'm going to reward someone. And right now, you guys are in line for rewards, so keep going so that no one else takes it. I haven't won a lot of trophies. But I was in a little league. I won one. I think everybody else did too. But I remember going home and putting it on my headboard. Anytime somebody come over. Hey, when you don't win much, every little prize is important, right? Well, there's things in our life that mean something. Marriage, family. And would you just let somebody come and take those prizes from you? No, he's saying, no, I've blessed you. I've rewarded you. Now let's keep going down this path. Or I'll find someone else to put my favor on. Not that God can't favor everyone, but what I've often explained to churches is God is here because I hear churches that are dead, dying, hadn't baptized anyone for 50 years say that where three or more are gathered, there he is also. No, where the the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit is, he draws men, women, boys, and girls into himself. Holy Spirit may be there, he, but it's because he's got to be, not because he desires to be. Now, if you're a Christian, you got the Holy Spirit. Does that mean he's pleased with you? No. It means he's keeping his promise while you're not. Now, this is my favorite part. Let's get to it, verse 12. Now, To the one who conquers, I will make a pillar. I will make immovable in the temple of my God. That their name will be written, they'll be honored. Not glorified, honored. And he will never go out again. I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, and the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven. We talked about that last Sunday night at the revival. From my God and my, what's it say? New name. Think about in Scripture. When God gave his people a new name. Think about Abraham. Abram to Abraham. Sarah with an I to Sarah with an H. Jacob to Israel. And Simon to Peter. Each time, listen, catch this or you leave maybe confused. Each time was about new beginnings new hopes, and new blessings. My new name will be Enrique. It sounds cooler. I thought about it. No, he'll have to give me a name. But if it's Enrique, it's okay. I mean, anyway, I'm not going to go farther with that. So the new name in heaven, the new name is his child... Is this idea of the open door. 
the new hope, the new blessing, the new opportunity, even if you're in the same situation that you've been in 50 years, that does not mean God can still not open a door and make a way. That still does not mean your life cannot be as beautiful as you've always prayed and desired for it to be. But what it does mean is you got to quit trying to fix it. There's only one with the power to fix it. He holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And his name is church. Yeah. Y'all got this. So you should not need counseling when the counseling center's open. Just kidding. We all need help. And you know what we need? You know what I was trained to do as a counselor? Simply remind people. It's called cognitive reality therapy. Remind people of what is true. You know how much of our problem we create up here? And so most of the questions I ask is to bring somebody back to the truth. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity to be together this morning. And I know we come together with a variety of histories, a variety of challenges, and no life exactly the same, no marriage the same, no parenting, no financial situation the same. But Lord, every one of us at some point has found frustration or despair in this fallen world. And Lord, oftentimes we try to fix it ourselves. And so Lord, this morning I just ask that you, Holy Spirit, would convict us of those places that are stagnant. You know our works, right? We can't hide from you. And Lord, if you own the keys to the treasure of the king, I ain't going hungry. If you own the keys to sovereignty, to omnipotence, then I don't have any struggles that there will not be an open door for. So Lord, I pray this morning that we can take some of our frustration, despair, brokenness, anger, bitterness, And Lord, we pray that you'd open a door for us to move on, to heal, to forgive. When you tell your people to look, that means take your eyes from wherever they're fixed upon and fix them on what Jesus Christ tells you to fixate upon. See, the church was looking at how powerless they were. That was their focus. And he says, no, 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 no. Look, look over there. Look what I've done. So friend, whatever your struggle, I want you to remember, look. Look what Jesus has done. So as we go into a time of invitation, if there's anything, friend, you just, you need to leave at the altar, come leave it. Shame, regret, worry, fear. And this altar is just a symbol. There's, there's nothing 
magic, special about it. So you can stay right there where you're at, friend. But I'd also ask you, I told you, and I'm not going to lie to you. There's only one name under heaven among men by which we must be saved, and that's Jesus. If you think you're going to get there any other way, you are wrong. I don't want to have a disagreement with you, and I don't want to offend you. That's what Scripture says. So, friend, I'm going to beg you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe. I fought you. And I've tried to fix it. I want to walk through the door of your forgiveness. And it is in the name and by the blood of Christ, we pray. Amen. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.